the Ortho PAC, hosted by Sam Dyer. Welcome to the Ortho PAC, where we discuss up-to-date orthopedic topics for the busy clinician. I invite you to sit back and relax as I attempt to fill in the gaps between education, current events, and real-world practice. Welcome back, listeners. I'm excited to tell you that this is our 100th episode of the Ortho PAC. I would blow my kazoo, but I don't have one. Anyways, 100 episodes. It's hard to believe we've been doing it for this long, and it just keeps growing. We keep getting a lot more listens. So in celebration of our 100th episode, we wanted to have a couple of interviews with our student scholarship winners this year. Welcome back, listeners. We have conference week coming up, which is very exciting. Our annual meeting this year in Denver is days away. What that means is it's time to award our student scholarships, and this year we are awarding two $5,000 scholarships to two well-deserving PA students who did some research and wrote some papers and just were really outstanding. It's my privilege to have both of these winners on our podcast, and today I have the first of our two scholarship winners, Victoria Tam from Rutgers University. Her paper is on periprosthetic joint infection. And today we have the opportunity to discuss her paper with her. Welcome, Victoria. Hi, thank you so much for having me on your podcast today. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. We're happy to have you and congratulations on winning. I think we had 60 or 70 applicants. So you guys were the top two. So really congratulations. Thank you so much. So how did you decide to write or do some research and write a paper on prosthetic joint infections? I actually, right out of undergraduate, I graduated also from Rutgers University. I started working at the Hospital for Special Surgery in the Complex Joint Reconstruction Center. And there we saw a lot of infections, people who were coming back, you know, for their second revisions, their third revisions. And so, you know, I really got a lot of exposure to prosthetic joint infections. I started working with one of the orthopedic surgeons within the complex joint reconstruction center, um, Dr. Michael Cross, and he kind of was a specialist in treating PJIs. And so I, that's how I kind of got really interested in all of that. Awesome. Well, uh, I hate it for the people that have the infections because that's never a fun thing to go through, but I'm glad you got some experience with it. Let's go through the workup of an infected joint. Victoria is going to do a poster presentation at her meeting, and she'll go through some of this, but uh, I thought we could do a podcast with it. So let's say you have a patient and you suspect they have a prosthetic joint infection or PJI. What do you do? Do you get x-rays, labs? Do you tap the joint? How do you diagnose a prosthetic joint infection? So anytime a patient comes in with any sort of new onset of pain, we suspect infection always. Um, we don't want to rule that out. So we start with a physical exam to check if there are any outward signs of infection. So like a draining sinus, any effusion, cellulitis. If we don't see that, we can start on labs and cultures. So we tap the joint. We definitely want to get a CRP and a white blood cell check to see if there's any acute inflammation or anything like that that can indicate you know, that the body is fighting off some sort of bug. And we also want to get x-rays to see if there's any loosening of the prosthesis, which can also indicate infection. But definitely labs, cultures, x-rays, and, you know, outward obvious signs of infection. 
Well, let's say, unfortunately for the patient, they do have a positive culture or there's a sinus tract. What are the next steps? How do we manage this person? Yeah, so we want to check, you know, obviously if there's a sinus tract, that means the infection is pretty serious. So you automatically, you want to move forward with either a one-stage revision or a two-stage revision. If you get positive cultures back and it's not staph, it's not any of the other more resistant bugs, we can, you know, start off with a DARE treatment, which is debridement antibiotics and implant retention. If the infection is acute, you also want to check the acuity of the infection. If it's chronic, you also want to move forward with either a one-stage or a two-stage revision. But if the infection is acute, meaning that it's either within 30 days away from the index procedure or if the infection symptoms occur within three weeks from index, DARE is also helpful as a first line of treatment because it's less invasive and the recovery time is usually quicker for the patient. You mentioned stage revisions. Can you tell our listeners a little bit more about what you mean by stages, a one-stage and two-stage revision arthroplasty? One-stage revision arthroplasty is basically, you know, you take out the infected joint in question. You want to, you know, remove all of any sinus tracts, you debride the area aggressively, and you can implant, you know, antibiotic packs into the wound. So, you know, everything is done in one stage. So you remove the infected joint, you repack it, you close up the wound, the surgeons all regown and redrape, and the entire OR is sterilized, and the surgeons re-enter the room, reopen the wound, and they re-implant with a fresh prosthesis. And this is done all in one go, which is why they call it a one stage. And it's it's a pretty long procedure. It's about four hours long and studies. So, you know, people in the U.S. don't do it very often. It's more common in other countries, especially for uh, hip revisions. A two-stage is... You know, it's kind of like a one stage, but it's extended a little bit longer. So the surgeons, obviously, they take out the infected prosthesis, they debride the wound, they get rid of any sinus tracts, and they re-implant the patient with antibiotic impregnated cement. And the cement kind of takes the place of the prosthesis for four to eight weeks, and we wait for the infection to clear. Patients are usually put on an antibiotic regime during this, you know, waiting period, and they get labs drawn weekly to see when the infection is kind of cleared up. When the surgeons get the all clear, they reoperate on the patient. So they take out the antibiotic impregnated cement spacers that was placed, and then they re-implant the patient with a new prosthesis. Perfect description. And I can tell you, in an old hospital, probably before you were around, I don't know. I don't know if they even still have these. I remember when we started doing hoods and all that, but they used to have these ultraviolet lights, these UV lights or whatever in the operating room. And if you didn't wear a towel around your neck, you would get sunburned bad. I don't know if they even still do that or not, but that was kind of a, an interesting take. Victoria, that's great information. Did we miss anything? Is there anything else you'd like to talk about with your paper? Definitely the two-stage 
now is the gold standard for treating infections. The success rate of an irrigation and debridement is not very high, which is why it's kind of used with caution, but surgeons still like it because it is the least invasive sort of procedure. There are contraindications to a one stage that we need to watch out for, especially with very severe infections with a lot of draining sinus tracts, or if the soft tissue envelope is not good, that would kind of turn surgeons away from a one stage. But definitely a two stage is the gold standard now and can pretty much eradicate an infection completely. Victoria, I really appreciate your time and thanks for the paper, the research. It's all good stuff. And for those of you that are going to be coming to our meeting in Denver, Victoria will be there giving a poster presentation and we're excited to host her there. Victoria, again, I want to congratulate you on winning our scholarship and best of luck to you. And I hope you enjoy your orthopedic career. Thank you so much for having me today. Thank you for joining the OrthoPAC podcast. Stay tuned the week after the conference for part two of our skeletal traction interview with John Kodosky.